Welcome to the Manifest with Cat Claire podcast, where we style our thoughts before our outfits and we step into our power. Hello, guys. I am coming to you with this episode kind of on a whim. I had a guest plan for today, but it just didn't work out, so we're going to do that at a later date. But while I have podcasting on my mind, I figured I would record something at least. So I had been really wanting to talk about the advanced follow-up retreat I went to with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, it was amazing. It's my second advanced follow-up and my fourth retreat workshop with him. Uh I guess just by knowing how many I've been to, you can tell that I really, 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 really enjoy um, experiencing his work in real life. I think it's just so funny that today, you know, this whole Manifest with Kath Claire course that I'm working on launching and then this podcast kind of goes along with it. Um, when you get really excited about something and you start making changes in your life, you know, things don't exactly always go the way you plan, which can I just say, that's why I don't like plans, but I get that we have to have plans or, you know, how would we all sync up with our dreams? You know, I totally get it, but sometimes I just wish plans weren't a thing, I guess. Um, so yeah, before I dive into the Dr. Joe stuff, I Speaking of things not going as planned, I was just, you know, tidying up my office where I am right now to record this. And I saw this like ginormous spider. Okay. I mean, not ginormous. It wasn't poisonous or anything. And don't worry. I sent my husband about four photos just to make sure. I can't believe I got so close to that thing to make sure that I got the detail of the spider to make sure that it wasn't, you know, going to jump out and like bite me and I'd pass out upstairs and no one would find me or something. I don't know. Um, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to get this spider out of here before he like burrows into something in my office because if I'm recording a podcast, I, I'm not going to be able to concentrate because what if, you know, he all of a sudden descends from the ceiling when his, you know, web or whatever, or I don't, I had all kinds of ideas. So I'm watching him crawl just so slowly on the wall of my office, trying to make noises so that he won't go too far, trying to gear myself up to either squish it or take it outside or something. And I don't know, guys. I usually am not this much of a sissy, but like I could not, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I did what I always do when my husband's at work. I went down my list of brothers and was like, okay, Catherine, who's in town? Who lives closest and who could come like help with the spider? So a lot of them are traveling this weekend. uh, And luckily, my brother Joseph, who is a dentist in Richmond, um, is off on Fridays. So I called him and told him the situation, like, listen, this is a big deal. I'm going to be recording a podcast in here later. I don't want to be acting like a spaz thinking a spider is going to come and like sit on me and bite me. And I don't know, all kinds of, I just was thinking crazy thoughts. And he immediately was like, okay, you need me to come get it for you. 
and he was going to come get it with a cup and put it outside. And so I'm just sitting in my office, like watching it as I have to do like all these other things um, while I have a sitter here. My to-do list, I feel like is never ending. I'm spending my time just watching the spider to make sure that he doesn't go into my like shoe boxes or I don't know, wherever he could possibly hide. And Joseph ends up having to go back to his house while he's on the way here because, you know, some things he had to deal with. But I finally got up the nerve just staring at that thing. I was like, Catherine, if you're going to grow into like your new self, you have to be able to deal with a baby spider. Like, give me a break. Well, it wasn't a baby, but you know what I mean? Compared to me, it's a baby. So I squished that thing with one of my espadrilles. Um, I'm really proud of myself. So today's been interesting is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, with my oh so long spider story um, so yeah I squished a spider and prep for this and was just like I called my other brother in New York or didn't call him I um, did a little test podcast with him to make sure I had everything working because uh, it was my first time having a remote guest so I now know how to do it, so I'm prepped for the next time um, that we rescheduled for. But it was just an interesting day altogether, and you know, you got to embrace the chaos when you start making moves into the right directions of your dreams. So um, I figured today I could just talk about what I love to talk about, which is Dr. Joe Dispenza and the way that his work has completely transformed my life. I first saw him in Philadelphia when he was doing progressive workshops in real life. Um, he's since I kind of like gone to doing them completely virtually. Uh, and then I want to say he's picking up doing some progressive ones again, but they're three day short, uh, workshops in comparison to a seven day or five day workshops. And, uh, I was completely hooked after that workshop. I loved his book that I read. The first one I read was Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And for some reason, just the way that that book was set up with his meditations, I just gravitated towards it to the point where it became a true habit for me. And I always have meddled in meditation and manifesting and um, yoga and breathwork and all those things, but it wasn't until I got that book and that protocol before the progressive workshop that I went to about, I don't know, four years ago, I think, um, that I really developed a meditation practice for myself and one that really poured into my everyday life, even when my eyes are open. He just really uses science in such a beautiful way, a simple way, um, it's easy to grasp. I'm obviously not a scientist. I studied uh, marketing and management in college. Uh, so just the way that he presents this information and the passion he has with it is so, I guess, intoxicating for me. I feel like I read the book over and over. I did the meditation for the Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself meditation, just as he instructed well, as you read the book, you'll you'll understand. Um, and to this day, that meditation, if I am feeling 
um, like I need a little bit of a reset, even though I have probably, I mean, gosh, I don't know how many Dr. Joe meditations I have downloaded, but I have a lot and a lot of advanced ones uh, from his advanced workshops and just for his advanced students. And they're beautiful, like beautiful, completely, you know, they're so moving. Um, But just because I guess breaking the habit of being yourself, the one that those med- that meditation is an hour and I think 15 minutes long. It is just, there's something special about it to me because it's the first uh, meditation that really um, reset me, I guess. Uh, so it's just something really special about it. I always go back to it. And he has a saying that he does the same thing. You know, if you're feeling like you're in a rut in your life, you just go back to the basics. And for me, um, breaking the habit of being yourself meditation is one of the basics. And it's pretty cool because you can just go, I'm pretty sure that you should be able to go onto iTunes and purchase it. That's where I've heard a lot of people that I've recommended it to uh, buying it. If you can't get it there, um, he has it on his own website, drjoedispenza.com. Can't miss it or forget about it as long as you remember his name. Uh, so if you're interested in um, trying it out for yourself, I highly, highly recommend it. And if you want to go into it blindly, nothing wrong with that. But if you're like me and you like to know why things are the way they are, I highly recommend reading the book because he explains really simply why he has set up the meditation the way that he has. So I uh, definitely highly recommend that. Let's see, where was I? So yeah, so that's how I got into Dr. Joe's work. I was just completely hooked. So when he started doing his advanced workshops, I went that next year in February to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and LOL, I thought it I picked Santa Fe because I thought it was going to be warm. Uh, It was freezing, like really cold. (laughs) Uh, And just like, you know, today where I'm doing this podcast and stepping out of my comfort zone, I feel like whenever you step out of your comfort zone to something new or better for your life, uh, things just get a little squirrely. That's exactly what happened when I was headed to Santa Fe, New Mexico for Dr. Joe's retreat. I'll never forget. Um, it was, let's see, the Monday, Sunday, Monday after Super Bowl. So I guess flights were, our flight just got completely um, canceled. And it was a 5 a.m. We had got, the, got to the airport at like 5 a.m. I remember being so pissed. Uh, and we had to reroute our trip and go fly into Albuquerque instead of flying into Santa Fe. And I could just feel myself getting just heated. And not only that, but I mean, we got to the airport so early and the flight, I think, wasn't until like 12 noon, maybe. And for the retreat, we were staying at the Four Seasons in Santa Fe because the Marriott where he was having the retreat was completely booked. And believe me, I did not mind that. You know, I love a good Four Seasons hotel experience. Who doesn't, right? Um, so we were kind of debating whether we needed to get a car anyways, a rental car, because we had like a maybe two mile drive to the Marriott. So the fact that we were flying into Albuquerque, which was an hour drive, I think, outside of Santa Fe, we obviously had to get a rental car. So things just got so squirrely. And I mean, 
actually now that I'm thinking about it, even when my husband was dropping me off at the Richmond airport so early in the morning, we saw cars just skidding all over the highway, like the interstate, because there was ice everywhere. And we had no idea. So I was like just so stressed out on the way to the airport. Then to find out that my flight had been completely canceled and they had to reroute me. And we were stressed that we were going to miss some of the retreat, which we did miss, you know, the first um, day, which is intro and welcome party and whatnot. Uh, but anyways, it was, it was interesting. But the retreat was absolutely amazing. Really, really pushed me outside of my comfort zone in the best way. Um, but anyways, I'm saying all of this because I feel like just things – when you're going in – a new direction or following your heart, you know, things get a little squirrely and that's okay. Just don't, you know, just keep going because that's the whole point. The universe tests you, God tests you, and you got to push through the resistance because if you want to be your future self, you've got to, you got to act like her, act like her, you know? So that's my two cents about that. But so after Santa Fe, I went to Amelia Island for an advanced follow-up retreat. Uh, my brother, Evan, who helped me with setting up the technology for this podcast went with me it was awesome he didn't attend the retreat but he um hung out with me and did some cool video and content for me while i was there we had an amazing time and so yeah i hadn't been to dr joe since you know the pandemic and since having a child i had a baby um on march 3rd of 2020 literally days before the country shut completely down so that was interesting but his name is Phoenix. Uh, and yeah, so I wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to go to another Dr. Joe again. You know what? I, I co-sleep with my child. Uh, I nursed him for a long, I nursed him for a long time. Um, so when this opportunity to go to Marco Island came up for an advanced follow-up this year, I, really, really wanted to go, but I just felt this feeling, like the sinking feeling of like, how am I going to make this work? Like Phoenix is one. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just didn't know how I was going to do this. And I just signed up on a whim, asked my mom if she would come with me and I just bring Phoenix and she would watch him. And she's an angel, so she said yes. And I was able to attend probably my favorite Dr. Joe uh, retreat yet. Granted, you know, he has just uh, – even his work has evolved so much. His meditations, the research that he's doing has really, really just improved – I mean – if I thought his meditations were beautiful before, these are just the new ones that he does at these retreats are just absolutely awe-inspiring. I can't get enough of them. I'm already plotting to go to the next Marco Island one. I think he's doing one in April. I'm hoping that my mom will come with me again. Um, it was just absolutely amazing there. I want to go back to Marco Island as soon as possible. Soon as possible. Um, but of course, you know, I had my initiations, if you will, on the way to Marco Island too. flying with a one-year-old is an initiation in and of itself. Right. Um, Feeney just screamed the way there. I 
tried to apologize on Instagram to anybody who might have been on that flight with me. But I mean, it was my energy too, right? Like, like kids reflect how you're feeling. And I was a little bit stressed about, I don't know, just getting everything before and how Feeney was going to act while I was gone. And, you know, because these are long days, you know, Dr. Joe, he doesn't tell you uh, what your schedule is going to be necessarily. Like when I was in Amelia Island for the advanced follow-up, it was what he did it in a, um, what's called, I think he calls it dream, dreamland or dream, dream, dream time is what he calls it. Um, where the majority of the retreat is in the evening and you sleep in the room. It's such a cool experience, but with Phoenix, I just know he would not do well with that, with me being gone all night. Uh, so with this in Marco Island, thank goodness he did it all during the day. And, but I, you know, there's no preset schedule because he wants you to, um, be in the unknown the whole time and timeless, if you will. So it works really well, you know, to trick your mind into being present. But, um, I was just a little nervous about how everything was going to shake out bringing a baby for the first time. So, I mean, it worked out beautifully, but you know, some of the days I think we got there at four and got home at seven. So it's, you're just meditating like the whole time, basically. And when I tell people that their eyes get so big, they're like, what, how do you do that? And it sounds crazier than it feels. I mean, you're just, you're just addicted. Like being in that room, there is no, I have nothing I can compare it to. Like, I guess if I had to try, I would say it's like you're, fe- you're feeling and hearing your favorite concert in your body, I don't know, and in your heart, like at this, with all these people at the same time, you know that feeling when like everyone's listening to the same song and like loves a band, the coherence, that's just, I, I, it's way better than that, but that's kind of how I would describe it, I guess. Uh, And so, yeah, it's, it was, oh gosh, it was so amazing. So I haven't like scripted anything or Obviously, I'm just kind of talking about my relationship with this work and Dr. Joe, but I wanted to kind of get out my notes from the retreat and just see, uh, you know, what I could share with you guys that were my biggest takeaways from Marco Island since that was my most recent retreat. And even without looking at my notes, I know that one of my favorite things that he said, and I've already posted this on Instagram, but was that he would never sacrifice his own enlightenment for somebody else's opinion. And that he's just said it kind of offhandedly. He was talking about an experience, a personal experience he had. And I just immediately opened up my journal and had to write it down because I struggle with that. Um, I have been really into this stuff for a while and when I started my fashion blog, The Crystal Press, and Kath Clara, which obviously this podcast is uh, associated with, um, I was into this stuff. Like, I love I, – I don't I hate to call it stuff, but, you know, I love human potential and reading books and secret and all of that, but I just couldn't quite figure out how to um, – express it necessarily I felt like kind of weird by being into it so the fact that this stuff is being talked about more is like music to my ears but aside from that 
um, I struggle with um, people's opinions, I, I guess. Um, and it's, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that I don't, but I do. And it's, I feel like I can just feel what people are thinking and I wish I could turn it off. Um, because I feel like I sacrifice my own peace for keeping the peace, if you will. And I am working on that. I'm working on focusing on keeping my peace because if I keep my peace, then I can actually do what I'm here to do and help who I'm here to help, serve, all of those things. So if I learned anything in Marco Island, it was, you know, focus on yourself because that's not selfish. Like that's, it's, it's not um, self-love. I feel like that saying is just so thrown around, just like manifesting and, you know, whatever, which is good things because we want these things to be talked about and we want these these concepts to be acknowledged. But for me, if I say something too much, it waters down the meaning. So I've started saying instead of self-love, soul love. Because, you know, who I am today, I want to, I want to catapult into the next version of myself. And the way that I truly believe I can do that is by putting my attention, paying attention, and then putting my attention on my soul. So when Dr. Joe said he would never sacrifice his own enlightenment for somebody else's opinion, it, it really struck a nerve and reminded me that I have to work on that in my life. I have to I have to put that on a sticky note and I have to remember that I can't help anyone, you know, if I'm not paying attention to my soul and doing what aligns with my soul. So, wow, <laughs> I'm really just uh, laying it on you guys, huh? So, yeah, um, that was definitely one of my favorite quotes that he said. And there was another one. I don't want to mess it up. Let's see if I can find it. I wrote it like really big. Um, Oh, collective networks of observers determine reality. So have you got, are you guys familiar with the observer effect? I remember the first time that, um, Dr. Rika, she's also a dentist in Richmond with my brother Joseph that I mentioned earlier, told me about this or I read about it. I'm not quite sure how we got to talking about it, but she gave me the idea to look up a video on YouTube that's for like children, you know, science classes so that I could understand it because I just couldn't quite wrap my head around the fact that an electron doesn't move until we look at it or until a scientist looks at it. it sounds just sound. I don't know, just kind of crazy. It was just this concept that I just could not grasp. I read the sentence over and over again. I read about it and it just, it wasn't sinking in, you know? So I pulled up a YouTube video and I'll see if I can find it to put it in the notes of this podcast. Uh, and I watched this cartoon demonstration of what the observer effect is probably 25 times, like over and over and over and over until I really felt like I understood it. And this sounds so cheesy, but I don't think I've been the same since. 
And I was working at uh, Fabulous General Dentistry, which is the um, office that Dr. Uh, Joseph Fab, my brother, and Dr. Rika, and then my dad uh, work at, um, own. But I watched it there, and it's uh, – I can't even explain it. I really should have scripted this because I am, like, at a loss of, for words, clearly. Uh, understanding that concept was – uh, absolutely mind-blowing like I could feel the like n- is it neuroplasticity like changing in my brain I don't know if that's the right way to say it but ever since then the way that I look at things and concepts and uh, so many things that go on it's just like whoa like so I feel like everyone should study the observer effect it's crazy um, so when Dr. Joe said collective network's of observers determine reality that really resonated with me and he was saying you know when you show up in your meditation it's not just about you uh it's about the collective like it's about the living organism you know humanity and evolving evolution you know he I firmly believe that the way that he's teaching this meditation and the way that it's changing so many lives is part of human evolution uh, and a lot of people that spoke at his conference said the exact same thing. So um, I really enjoyed him bringing that up in regards to our meditation practice because sometimes when I come home, it's like, ah, you know, it feels I, – I know it's not selfish and we've like talked about this earlier as I've been rambling. It's, it, it's not selfish to make time for your meditation, but sometimes I get – into my old habits of thinking and I forget that you know it's for your soul and for the future and showing up better in your life for everyone but now the fact that he was saying that you know you show up in your meditation you show up for everyone in this community now that really really moved me and since I've been back I've been way more uh, dedicated to my meditation practice and to taking these concepts into my life when my eyes are open because ultimately that's the goal right you can't just have a bad day or have a bad moment when you're driving and just say hold on let me just meditate really quick and I'm going to be okay you know you're driving a car with people in it that you love most likely and you have to change your state you know in that moment you can't just go sit on your meditation pillow and whatnot so I've been really trying to integrate that concept into my life and not just for myself, but for the collective. And I mean, the more people that start doing it, I feel like Dr. Joe is just on fire right now. I mean, everybody is interviewing him, like mainstream people that I like and admire are interviewing him on their podcasts. He's really getting, he was on Goop and not Oprah. Or wait, was he on Oprah? He was on Goop's podcast. I think he's going to be on the Skinny Confidential. Um, I just see him popping up everywhere, and nothing makes me happier than to see so many people responding to his work so well. Um, I, it's just changed my life so much, and I've seen it change so many other people's lives. So I really, really loved. Um, how he related uh, meditation to 
the evolution of humanity and showing up for the collective and not just for yourself because you know energy is all around us so if you raise yours you're going to you're going to affect somebody else's so um yeah that was another one of my big takeaways i wrote it so big in my <laughs> journal let's see what else did i like i mean i have so many notes um Oh, and I'm not sure if this takeaway was just from Marco Island, but it was a good reminder for me to, I kind of associate it. So obviously we live in a 3D reality, right? So if you think of that in terms of chakras, you know, you have your root chakra, which is, you know, the bottom one, um, your second chakra and your sacral uh area and then your solar plexus which is just in between like under your rib cage um and then you have your fourth chakra which is your heart so i somehow decided and i'm not sure if this is just my brain making connections where they don't belong but or not where they don't belong but just just work with me here so i came to the conclusion that obviously there are more dimensions of reality than just three and the way to unlock them is to obviously start with four and four dimensions would mean that you're living in your heart because your heart is your fourth chakra so when you meditate and you move energy from your first three chakras up into your heart and you open up your heart then obviously the energy will go up and open up more dimensions, fifth, sixth, seventh dimension, um, or chakras, if you will. Um, I really love the idea of looking at the dimension above 3D as being your heart and living in your heart instead of, I don't know, sometimes when I hear 3D, I just, I think of the matrix or like a cube I don't know. <laughs> I know that's silly. I don't know if that's how you guys think of it. But I really, uh, when those, when I connected the fact that 4D is living in your heart, you really, it, it really um, gave me like butterflies, I guess, which all of these realizations have. I feel like I had butterflies the whole time I was in Marco Island with uh, at this workshop. But um, I, it just made so much sense because when you're living in your heart, you're opening up more doors. You have more energy to give, to serve. Um, but if you're living in, you know, 3D, I feel like that's being materialistic. It's not going to get, you know, the Hermes Birkin or Gucci bag that makes you materialistic, you know, or valuing that at all. It's only believing in what we see, right? So when you move open up a dimension and open up your heart um, 4D you start believing in what you don't see um, I guess that's faith huh so yeah um, I'm sure I have way more to say about this but I'm trying to keep these episodes somewhat short so that you guys will actually take the time to listen to them but uh, yeah so this was kind of a spontaneous um podcast recording i uh no script just me talking about 
my experience with Dr. Joe. So if you guys have any questions that you specifically want me to answer about this um about this podcast content, shoot me a DM or email me or something. I'd be happy to um, either answer you directly or depending on how many questions there are, I'll record uh, another one about this same uh, stuff. So yeah. Uh, Hey, Dr. Joe, if you're listening, thank you. And um, thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.